And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. Mark, seriously, great article, How America Becomes Zimbabwe. You have a remarkable background. To me, of course, the most interesting is you flew the uh, Phantoms while in the U.S. Marine Corps. I did, yes. Which is pretty impressive to me. I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing to see. So you flew the fighter jet of your childhood dreams, the venerable F-4 Phantom II, which the Israelis used to great advantage in their wars, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Japanese flew. They just, uh, they, the Japanese have been flying them for years. They just, uh, they just started retiring them last year. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression. Elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. So, Mr. Hewitt, you are a military pilot, aviation executive, college professor. You have many life experiences. You know war, you know peace. You went to the Naval War College. You see us becoming like ex-Rhodesia, Zimbabwe? Well, I... Uh... I kind of do. I see that the what the left has done, and they've been putting people in in positions of authority to to uh, change the policies of the country um, that is that is more in line with the, what happened in Zimbabwe. Um, oh, I, and, I don't uh, disagree I think, with you. This is the frightening yeah. part. I I have very yeah. intelligent friends who have the same fears and uh, vision that you do, meaning. You see judges that are absolutely incompetent, who've been put into federal judgeships, incapable, literally, of, uh, I would say, holding even a a, a modicum of a, of a of a class in in fundamental constitutional law, and they're they're making decisions that are astounding. Like they, they don't even know what a woman is. That's right. 
Well, that's 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 a tough one to figure out. You, you give them yes, a break, yes. Mark. You wrote for American Thinker, which, by the way, is owned by my friend Thomas Lifson. Uh, um, uh, how America becomes Zimbabwe. And for years, I kept warning about the dangers of Zimbabwe. I joked about it for 15 years, but it wasn't a joke. And uh, you here's a quote from you, Mr. Uh, Hewitt. Here in the first world, racists are embracing the Zimbabwe model and are openly advocating for white genocide. That it's time to kill everything white in sight. Who is saying that? Um, from my uh, from my my uh, my article, I uh, I I added the these college professors that uh, are advocate advocating for white genocide. It's time to kill everything in white. They're going to. Uh, exterminate. The, what we need to do is exterminate the the white people. That's uh, that's uh, Kenu Cambone. Um, well, they're they're out there. Okay, so the crazies yeah. are saying like that, right? Right. But it's not but, yet. It's not yet injected into the uh, bloodstream of the of the Democrat Party, is it? Um. Well, I I think I think what has happened is that you know those guys don't have any. They don't have any power to to change policy, um, and I was especially concerned with the the uh, candidate for chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General oh boy. Who the uh, heck? C. Q. Where'd, Brown. Where'd they get him yeah. from? Uh, I was, he no idea. was he a pilot? Was he a pilot? Yes, sir. He flew. Uh, he flew F sixteens. How but, could a uh, man? How could a man? And he's yeah. an African American, correct? Yes. How could a man of any race who achieved such a high degree of capabilities to fly an F-16, how could he have such views? How is it possible? Um, <laughs> Dr. Savage, I, I spent a lot of time in, in Africa. In, uh, we ran the airport in Monrovia, Liberia, did work in um, Abuja huh. and Lagos, Nigeria, and... Um, and Luanda, Angola, communist Luanda, Angola, um, okay. all all re revolving around, you know, rehabilitating their airports mm. or their aircraft. And and uh, uh, the one thing I noticed is that, you know, um, you would have you would have people like President Alan Johnson Sirleaf, president of Liberia. You know, she um, um she just, she loved me, told, uh, told my, uh, my big boss at Lockheed, you know, I wish I could just, I could, um, wish I could adopt Mark because he, uh, he knows what, he knows what we need. But on the other hand, I would have guys that, uh, like the air attache in Nigeria, who, uh, the Nigerian embassy in the U.S., who just um, was, was infuriated with me. Um, knew I was knew I was white, and all I all I needed to do was to give him parts that were <laughs> were were controlled by U.S. U.S. Uh, ITAR regulations, and so that's not how it works. And you just have you just have people that fly under the radar until mm -hmm. they get to a point where. Um, they are able to um, so voice their yeah. So this man, this F sixteen pilot, who Biden wants to make chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is one of those. Is what you're su su suggesting, correct? 
Right. Um, he he has a track record. Yes, sir. OK, so he hates white people. Now, has he been appointed, approved by the Republicans, rubber stamped him? Um, he his confirmation. I don't know if it's been he's been in Congress yet, but uh, I think Senator Tuberville is is also holding up his uh, his confirmation. But Tuberville along is with several other. But Tuberville is not yeah. Tuberville is only talking about abortion regulations, not about the racism of these people who are popping up right. uh, like mushrooms after the rain all of a sudden under Biden, thinking it's safe finally to say kill the white people. It's very dangerous, the Zimbabwe model, as you write. Yes. And they want to put a black racist in charge of the Joint Chiefs of Staff because we need more diversity, more inclusion, more equity. I mean, the i.e., which means die to me. Because I've, I've written mm -hmm. years ago, I mean, Mark, I wrote years ago that without quality, we cannot have equality. Of course, it fell on deaf ears. Right. So General Brown is frustrated that there are too many white men in DOD. That's nice. Right. He wants he wants to he wants to reduce the number of of white men in the Pentagon from whatever it is, 76 percent down to like 47 percent. And that's going to make and, a, make it a better defense department if they're more blacks. <laughs> or do, or uh, like, is it is it all bl more blacks or is it more gays, lesbians, Hispanics, Asians? What does he want to replace the whites with? Um, that is, uh, that has not been determined. It's just, um, it's just that white men are being targeted. I see. White is no good. White is, white, white is a blight. Right. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Now, you say a program, um, uh, that, uh, should take three years or two years is now taking the Brits up to eight years. Why is oh, that? Oh, yes. Why is that? Well, um, part of the problem is, is that um, uh, if, you, if you just throw regular people into the mix of flight school, they will not, they will not succeed. Um, the, you, you know about the um, Tuskegee Airmen? Yes. The, those the majority of those men were um, high were uh, college graduates, um, had an aptitude for flying. They were motivated to serve, and and um, and they they were put into a program where the U.S. Army Air Corps knew how to make pilots, and. It had and, nothing uh, to do with race. In other words, these were highly qualified men who happened to be African-American. That, that's exactly right. So their qualifications and we, and preceded their race. In this case, we now have overt racists who want race to trump qualifications. That's exactly right. Well, and we I did the same it. thing with women. We did the same thing in the, with, uh, with women going into the cockpits in, uh, in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, you know, but what the Navy did was they hired women whose father were airline pilots who had airplanes and they were pilots or they were corporate pilots or they were, or they were regional pilots or they were instructor pilots. And the Navy hired all these competent, accomplished women mm. um, on their qualifications um, and put them into the program knowing that, you know, there's, 
there's such things as, as glass ceilings. Well, you, but it's going to be hard to eliminate women who have more flight time, instructor time, than their instructors. And, they, and, and that's, that is what is happening. Um, the, uh, the left never, never tells the, the story uh, accurately on how, like, Tuskegee Airmen came around or you know, when cockpit. Yeah, well, no, that's just, new, new. I had a neighbor who was a flyer in the Tuskegee when I lived in a, a, a town here in Marin County, Archie, Archie Williams. He lived above me. He and I talked many, many times. Hi, highly educated man. Now, what you're saying is his, his qualifications preceded his flying. Yes. I'm not surprised, yes. I mean, having gotten to know the man, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. But now you say the reverse is true. Race trumps everything, correct? Right now, with with the Democrats in power, it's not just race. It's uh, there's there's other groups of people that um, that have been allowed entry into the DOD that that prior to 1994 would have never been even considered. You, you mean um, like the, you mean like the Bud Light woman, a person? <laughs> exactly, sir. Um, in 1994, don't ask, don't tell became law. What that what that was supposed to do, the way it was marketed, was um, homosexuals could openly serve in um, in the uh, in the military as long as they didn't tell anybody. Well, and now we you have, not now, of course, they can only serve if they tell everybody and teach our young children that it's the healthiest right. lifestyle on earth. Well, what, I'm, I'm what being sarcastic. That? The only way I can deal with this madness <laughs> is to get more sarcastic than I'm originally made by God. And, but it's not a laughing matter. We all see it. Those of us who see the tidal wave coming um, understand yeah. that there's a tidal wave coming and we don't want to just run out of the water to high ground, but we can't stop a tidal wave. And my feeling, Mark, is that this tidal wave is already here. And there's almost no stopping it. What do you think? Um, I, I do believe that it's, it's here, but I do know that... Um, there, there, there have been policies put in place that have enabled these things to happen. In order to reverse it, you would have to have somebody that is courageous enough to reverse those, to reverse those policies. I'm sorry, Moses, uh, Trump, Moses has taken. <laughs> yeah, but Donald Trump tried to do that when uh, when he came in. You know, he hired uh, he hired General Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis, to um, to reverse. <laughs> Um, Obama's <laughs> policy of transgenders. How did that work out? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we we found out that uh, General Mattis was not the uh, was not the um, Republican everybody thought he was. No, they all become politicians once they get into a position of power. Yeah. And I mean, I could steer us now to talk about the insanity of Ukraine, but we don't need to go there. I think it's well known that this is a cash cow and a total insanity. The Ukrainians are being macerated because of a U.S. policy pushing them into the Russian meat grinder. But yet here's Blinken over there writing them another rubber check for $100 million, maybe a billion, who knows? And the war has no end in sight, even though a negotiated peace would be in the best interest of everyone, including the Ukrainian people. There's no sanity anymore, Mark, anywhere. Yes, sir, I am. I wrote another article for American Thinker on, um, on how... How um, how 
the State Department um, launders money and use Ukraine as the as an example. Okay, a few years old. So let's figure that out (laughs) together. Let's let for the audience. When we hear that they're giving Ukraine another hundred million dollars, for example, I'm picking a number out of the sky. That's not cash given to Zelensky, is it? It's in the form of weapon systems, correct? Not necessarily. Uh What happens is that is that money is transferred not through DOD, through through the State Department and through the embassy. There's an econ. There's an econ person in the embassy who has has the authority to move these move, quote, foreign aid to different entities within the government or within um, their their country. Um, When I was in Liberia, went to went to the embassy, met the econ guy. He said, what do you need? I said, I need uh, stuff for the airport. And next thing you know, I got stuff falling out of the sky from uh, from a contractor that they had. Mm-hmm. And then one day he says, Mark, you are such a good um, steward of the, of the government's money. I'm just going to put money into your account. Oh, my God. And I said, I said, sir, you can't do that. You know, we, we this you know, Liberia is uh, is very corrupt. We can't have that. I can't have that. Um, oh, they were, because, trying to, they were trying to bribe you, in other words. Well, it was, I think it was, I think it was legitimate. This okay. was, this was still under, this was still under George Bush. But, but the potential was, is that if I, if I took the money and just had it in my account, there was no accountability. And that's, and that's what happens. And so what has happened, like in Burisma, let's say Burisma got a hundred, um, a billion dollars for petroleum exploration or whatever. So the money front would would flow through the U.S. embassy to Burisma, and then the, their board members would say, um, "So you know, ten million will go to you know Hunter Biden, ten million will go here, ten million will go there." They'll still wind up with ninety million dollars or nine hundred million dollars, and um, I you know see. that's so Mark, how, but Mark. that's how it plows back. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Let's go back to the main topic. Your article is how America becomes Zimbabwe. The only question I have from a fighter pilot like yourself, very experienced man who sees around corners, can this be stopped? Um, I, d- I do believe it can be stopped. L- uh, I, let me believe- give you, I, I need to inject something. So last night I went to a talk by a very deeply, uh, I would say, super orthodox, mystical Jewish rabbi who was talking about reincarnation. But before he started the talk, this is a man who's read stuff from the you know 11th century going back forever. And he has this long scope of human history. He also quotes Huxley. He's a worldly religious man, not just a dogmatic, you know, guy who can't see beyond his own religious beliefs. So I talked about the crime wave that's sweeping America with him. And he said, Michael, he said, our religion seeks order. We like order in the universe. That's what our religion is about. He said the world needs order. 
And he said it's actually a good thing that things have gotten so crazy in, in the streets, for example, of New York City, where everyone can see what the insane liberal policies have wrought, releasing you know a rapist back on the streets who rapes again or beats a woman up with her own cane in the streets after he was arrested eight times. He said the madness is so prevalent right now that literally everyone can see, see it and see that it's their policies that have caused this. And he said, I believe he told me, he said, I believe this is a good thing because he said it's going to turn things around. Now, I don't know if you're as optimistic as he is. Uh, I know people who are not as optimistic as he is. I think it's going to get worse <laughs> before it gets better. Do you think possibly we've reached the nadir of this insanity? Um, I hope so, but it's going to it's going to require you know a change in leadership at um, at the very top. Um, well, we as long Kamala, as Kamala Harris is ready to go, <laughs> uh, we don't want to start. We don't want to get me started on on. I'm the vice president, sir. You know, Mark, I, I remember I used to joke 10 years ago when I was on the radio that when I get on a commercial jet, at that time, they were opening the doors to the cockpits, you know, where you could see the pilots. Then they started locking. Them right, up. right. You could right. look at the pilots. I used to like to see old gray haired white guys with blue eyes in the in the cockpit because I knew they generally came from the military. Uh. I, pardon me. I just didn't want to see a transgender in a wheelchair it, there. Let's say who was blind. I'm trying to be, you know, absurd. It's like right. reduct, reducto ad absurdum. But I also said, Mark, if this keeps up this affirmative action, I mean, you can get away with affirmative action in social sciences, uh, ethnic studies, uh, you know, black oppression, transgender <laughs> studies. But when you get into an airplane, you can't get away with it. You can't fake flying a commercial jet. It's impossible. But we could wind up uh, with a blind pilot telling us you don't see a blind pilot and you're being, uh, uh, I don't know, visionist or something. Instead of visionary, if you say the person's blind, I'm not getting on the plane, they can arrest you for saying you're not going to fly with a blind pilot. <clears throat> but I don't think we've gotten there yet, have we? I don't think we've gotten there at that point because um the, the the structures that manage that manage flying where you have safety of flight issues all the time you're carrying passengers or cargo or whatever or yourself you know hundreds of million dollar aircraft um you know these folks are not going to allow um these these um you know the the transgenders the freak the fr i would just say the freak shows uh, into the cockpit, R the Ringling um, Brothers, the Ringling Brothers grow. Yeah, um, you know, these guys. No, I, I see it, of course, yeah. I understand. Yeah. But I've always said that you want a blind pilot to fly an airplane. Their answer would be sure. We have automated controls today. What does blindness mean anymore? That would be the answer of the American left. Yeah. Look, I watch air yeah. disasters as a hobby, you know, on TV. I have a pilot friend and I said to him, he's a commercial pilot. I said, I said, Michael, do you watch air disasters? He said, sure, it's one of my favorite shows. I said, you're kidding me. I said, it doesn't freak you out. He said, no. He said, I like to watch it. He said, so I can actually think through problems that happen to others before they happen to me. Yeah. I, I take it you don't watch air disasters on, on uh, TV. No, I, uh, I, I, but I, I taught aircraft accident investigations um, when I was a, 
when I was an associate professor at Embry-Riddle uh, Aeronautical University, um, been been through several investigations. Um, I I uh, I am so busy now um, with uh, with my 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 books. Um, I've been helping a, um, uh, a a World War II war vet um, write his uh, write his about his time in. Um, in the Navy, two years he was in the Navy. Incredible, incredible man. Um, I've just been really, really busy. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not challenging you. Yeah. I'm not watching TV. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I mean. It's not what I mean. I, I am joking. I know. So let's say there's a young person listening to this podcast. Woman, man, doesn't matter. Right. Will the best and the brightest still become a pilot in the armed forces? Uh, I, I have, uh, I have some friends that, uh, that talk to me all the time and I wind up talking to the kids. I tell them that, um, pilot training is the greatest training a country can offer uh, a young man or a woman, but you have to be prepared for the task. And that's, that means, um, you have to have good grades in school. You have to have, you have to have a degree, um, no drugs, no, um, uh, you know, no police, you know, no police interaction. Um, you have to be dedicated and, um, and, and you really need to be committed to the country. Um, well, that, eliminates, wings, that, that eliminates 99.9% yeah. .9 of the youth, I think. Yeah. But, but, um, but the, but the fighter pilot uh, community, for example, you know, the, the, like the, you know, the Tom Cruise and Top Gun, um, they, they, there are not many of those guys running around. That is, you know, the fighter pilot community, uh, is, is, is kind of like the headwaters for the astronaut corps. Um, you know, if, well, if Mark, somebody wanted to be an astronaut, you know, I understand you've got to go through, through that stage first, but yeah. let's take the U S air force Academy. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the new head on the Biden has never even flown an airplane. She's not a pilot. Uh, yes. Right. Yes, sir. Is that true? Yeah, that's, um, I, I believe it's true. And it's been that way for a very long time. How can um, you put a non-pilot in charge of the Air Force Academy? Well, the Air Force, um, I, had, I had some Air Force colonels. I was working at an Air Force base, Air Force colonels. You know, they're pulling their hair out the same thing because they had not... They had no pilots at the Air Force Academy because it was that assignment was viewed as a non non competitive assignment that they that the Air Force felt that they needed to keep their pilots in the cockpits so that they could compete one another. A, an instructor tour was not a uh, was not one of those billets, and therefore the unintended consequences were that they would have supply officers and, and other folks that were, you know, um, teaching these kids that, uh, so, you know, their, their occupations, you know, they wouldn't even bring, uh, they wouldn't even bring pilots into the school to, um, yeah. Uh, well, it's like the, the, the Naval Academy, Biden appointed a woman who never piloted, uh, never captained a warship. She captained cargo ships or something to that effect. Yeah. So, OK, we understand when you say Zimbabwe. I mean, I, I quoted this Rhodesia. 
story over and over again. And my number one story was when Rhodesia was uh, not Zimbabwe, they were exporting food to the world. They had a food excess. After, very productive. Yeah. After the locals took over Zimbabwe through a revolution and threw the white people out of leadership, threw the Rhodesians out, uh, called them colonists and whatever, and took over their own country. They became a food importing nation. They were on the beggars list with begging cups going around the world looking for food. That is exactly what is happening in this country at every level of the federal government. And I so I understand the, the tenor of your argument. And I see the same things. My only hope as an optimistic pessimist is that we've hit bottom and people finally see it. And there's a finally because of the crime wave, because of the war, inflation, because of the madness of a president who literally everyone can see is falling all over himself. He's totally incompetent. Yesterday, Mark, he walked out of a uh, uh, Medal of Honor ceremony. I'm sure you saw that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the ceremony, he thought it was over and he got up and waved to everyone and left. How long can this go on? <laughs> uh, until the next election. I, the king uh, has no clothing. Over. The king yeah. has no clothing. It, it's like McConnell freezes up and he stands there saying nothing. And his aide comes over and says, Mr. Senator, are you finished speaking? And again, he stands there saying nothing like 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 a puppet. We're ruled, it seems to me, the whole country is ruled by a, an oligarchy of, of ancient mariners here. Savage. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. Well, Mark, I uh, love your article. I highly recommend uh, the article in American Thinker. What's your latest article? You mentioned it earlier. Oh, I think that was it. Um, um, you said uh, something. I had an old. Uh, I had a. I had an older article. Ah. So. Oh. 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 Well, before yeah, you I go, a, before yeah. you go, you flew the F four Phantom while in a Marine Corps. Where did you fly it, by the way? In Yuma, Arizona. Yeah, we still flew it. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I went to. Uh, I got the I got the chance to fly F4s in Yuma, and uh, I did that um, until I um, uh, I could no longer fly it. And uh, why? And then I got well, uh, I had I had some medical issues. I'm sorry so, to hear it. Oh, it's uh, it it's the nature of the beast. Fighter flying a fighter is is so is so challenging, so difficult. I, I have had um, some of my my graduate students who were instructor pilots in the Air Force break their necks during um, air, aircraft combat maneuvering training. No kidding. And, wow. And, yeah. It's, oh, my uh, God. You know, well, six, I've always six, seen, I've seen yeah. fighter pilots as a combination of, of skills that are hard to imagine. I've said they have to have the dexterity of a ballet dancer. Etc. I mean, people would think I'm crazy comparing a ballet dancer to a fighter pilot, but we're talking about utter, utter flexibility in motion of every joint in their body. I mean, you can fly a thing upside down and back, you know, upside down in combat. It's hard to believe. Yeah, I, I have, uh, I have, I have flown uh, the F4 um, um, supersonically on my very first flight. Um, and um, Mark, how, you know, I, here's a I great, thought it was a great airplane. Here's a great question for you. Ukraine, they're training Ukrainian pilots to fly the F-16. They're trained only in the MiGs. 
right. how long how long realistically would it take a ukrainian pilot who may be qualified to fly a mig to fly an f-16 in your estimation uh, uh, if they have, if they've got uh, simulators and coursework and other stuff, um, we, you know, uh, Dr. Savage, I was, I was part of, of um, when I was working for Lockheed, we sold F-16s to the Iraqi Air Force. So they had a bunch of, they had a bunch of uh, guys who flew MiG-25s. And, and so they were put into our flight schools. Um, we had Iraqi S-16s in, in Tucson where they would fly, um, their own airplanes. And, and so the conversion, the conversion thing doesn't take a, a lot. Uh. Um, it, it doesn't take a lot. It's just basically being, um, competent working what is in the, what is in the cockpit. Everything is new. You, you go from a MIG to a, a to an American aircraft and everything is basically in the same spot, but you know, it's, um, but it just takes a while to, to learn how to use the instruments while you're flying. But isn't the F-16 um, considered sort of antiquated? It was introduced in the 1980s, wasn't it? Um, maybe even, maybe even the seventies, I'm not, so, I'm not an air force. I'm not an air force guy on that. No, no, but, the, that but the Russian, yeah. the Russians, I would suspect are going to blow those F F 16s out of the sky using satellites before they even get off the ground. Why would they let them even take off when they can decimate them on the runways? I don't understand how people can't see this. Where are they going to take um, off? If the Russians can, can spy over Ukraine with satellites, just as we do and launch satellite-based weaponry, wouldn't they know when the F-16s are about to be launched and kind of take them out on the runway the way we did in Iraq? Um, sir, I, I would just say that I am not informed enough on the space-based capabilities of offensive weapons. Neither um, am I. It is that, true. That's, yeah. why, that's um. why I can make such a suggestion. <laughs> But but I do know that there's there's equipment in the in the jet you know, even had it in my F four it's called raw gear um, radar hazard aerial warning systems and you know they have like it's like little microwave receivers on the in the front and in the back of the airplane will tell you where um, uh, where a radar hazard is coming from basically a radar missile um, or a a um, or like a sidewinder something like that. Um, so the, you know, fighter aircraft are equipped with those type of, uh, systems. There's countermeasures put on, on those airplanes, chaff and flares. Um, and, and so there, there is a, a level of protection for all those airplanes. Um, I am just not aware of any, uh, there may be, there may be in the, you know, in the, in the secret world, but. I am not aware of anything in the open. Well, I, I'm a man who believes that Hillary Clinton was 100% right when she said peace is patriotic. And so I would like to conclude our discussion by saying Hillary Clinton was 100% correct when she said peace is patriotic. And I pray for peace because this thing is escalating into World War Three, which is exactly what the Ukrainians want, which is to drag the entire world down with them. It's madness and it has to be stopped. And speaking with you as a fighter pilot, 
on this very inspiring topic, how America becomes Zimbabwe has been most enlightening. Mark, you would thank you very much for your work. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for the opportunity, Dr. Savage. Have a good day. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.